Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. to the Kachat. It's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm Lucas Southworth. And I'm John Bishop, and I attempted a cold open, and it was hot. Yeah, I'm not going to keep it in, though. <laughs> it's uh, It has nothing to do with anything. Lucas, I gave you a chance to copy my, uh, <laughs> copy my theme, and speaking of hot... Because the fire, we watched Planes Fire and Rescue. There you go. No, we got it. I understand. We did watch Floyd's Fire and Rescue, though, which, John, don't worry. I do get the urge not to talk about the movie Planes Fire and Rescue. I feel it deeply right now. All right. (laughs) Since Lucas is not going to let me get out of this by sparking discussions. Okay, let's start at the best place to start, which is, of course, the middle. Sure. Now, why would I want to start at the middle, Lucas? It's the hottest part of the fire. Is it? Probably. No, it's not. <laughs> really? The middle, the like center of a fire isn't the hot part? The center? See, for some reason, when you say middle, I assume you mean from the origin to the tip in the middle of that area. But uh, it's like the center. Yeah. 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 All right. So depending on how you define center, Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, that is, of course, because I was writing my notes on my text option to you, and then I had to send you a text for the time, so I had to screen capture those uh, notes and then write my the rest of my notes afterwards. Why don't you just go to the first picture? Well, I've had enough time to do that because I'm good at stalling. Okay, let's start at the beginning then, probably. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Uh, folks, if you can't tell, at least me, I'm assuming John also didn't like Planes, Fire, and Rescue the second time. I it's am not... still of the opinion it's better than Cars 2. I don't know about Cars 2. It's better than Planes. It, it is, I can say with confidence, full-throated, it's better than the original Planes, but that's not much of an accomplishment. So yeah, John, start at the beginning. What did you notice on your rewatch of Planes, Fire and Rescue, this episode 100 and, I don't know, 22? 23, Sounds right. maybe? Uh, well, first thing I've got written down here is Rusty's TB Taint. Ah, because uh, Mayday, the firefighter in Propwash Junction, does have... Does use rusties, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, he uses rusties for his condition, which uh, he heard TV and assumed someone was talking about his disease. Uh, so 
I don't know what that would be other than like TB, which is tuberculosis, yeah, which is a lung condition. Yeah. So why would he show someone his taint? I would argue that's evidence that it wasn't tuberculosis. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. But like, do you know of another disease that is TV that is associated with the taint? Maybe he thought, okay, maybe he thought it was TB, but I also have a note about this little bit. He uh, mentioned he not only had rust, but blisters. Mm -hmm. So maybe TB stands for taint blisters. (laughs) We're off to the races, folks. (laughs) All right. You heard it here. Uh, TB in the cars world is taint blisters. Wouldn't rust just be blisters? I would imagine... But he mentions uh, blisters both. or well blisters. I think there's like an implication of there being uh, some pus, whereas I imagine that rust is more like scabs. That's true. Okay, yeah, I do kind of get. I yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, so Rusty's TB taint, and then of course, I think maybe his muffler falls off. Something does, and that's not great. I mean, it's established that rust just makes stuff fall off. Uh, Famously from our guy from Cars. I want to say Fred because he's got a name tag that says, Hi, my name is Fred. Uh, But maybe it's not Fred. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But then when people call him Fred, he reacts by saying, They know my name. It's pretty good. Pretty good gag from Cars 1. Not from Planes, Mm -hmm. Fire, and Rescue, though, unfortunately. Uh. But Planes, Fire, and Rescue does, of course, give us our second example of a character who is overly comfortable showing off his taint. I would say maybe it's just more of a societal norm, but everyone always reacts very poorly to it, understandably, uh, if we go by our societal norms. Uh, so, yeah, I guess guess they're just two perverts. <laughs> And as we have learned over the past 10 years of society just generally improving in the way that it is exposing more and more monsters, old men are just weirdly comfortable being gross perverts. That's true. Also, lots of young men, too. Yes, yes, Uh, of course. Can't forget the young men. Can't can't forget the young men. And I'm just going to say this in the interest of fairness. There are also... uh, young and old women who are also comfortable being perverts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Okay. My first note is a little before yours, but that's okay. I want to talk about Dusty signing autographs by taking his wheel Mm -hmm. uh, and creating skid marks on other beings. Mm -hmm. And I want to do that for a few reasons, John. One, could you imagine uh, someone's like, hey, can you sign, uh, I don't know, my baby? And he just straight up grinds that baby's face. Yeah, it can't feel good. <laughs> you know, it just can't. Uh, it reminds me of our friend from high school who had that skin condition. Uh, where Sam? Yeah, Sam. Uh, where if you scratched or slapped his skin within like a few minutes, it would rise up so he could like write his name on his skin by like just scratching with his fingernail. Uh, Or in some sort of fever pitch. uh, I don't know what's going on in his head. 
uh, spend like an hour one night just carving an entire book into his skin. Yeah, he's a he's a wild guy. Uh, but yeah, it reminded me of that. Uh, so that's my first issue with the, his method is, gosh, that's got to hurt to drag your wheel with enough enough force to make a skid mark. And it won't it wouldn't skid unless it was locked in place. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, that is OK. So a skid mark is either uh, a burn on the area or something similar leftover residue from the tire yeah so it's not like it's not like it the wheel is rolling over them is basically what i'm saying which would be at least a little better Mm -hmm. it is dragging against them in a way similar enough to other instances we have seen cause pain to know it's gotta hurt i mean you'd say that but in planes fire and rescue we have so many examples of these people genuinely do not feel parts of their body yeah why does he have to have an alarm on his body that shows him that hey you're redlining he's he's essentially (sighs) experiencing heart failure and the only way he would know is from what's happening outside of anything he's feeling his engine stalls he has ground flakes shooting through his body and the thing that he needs is an alarm. I also, this is a bit of a, uh, the horn part. No, just real quick. The, <laughs> I have an issue with the alarm light because it seems very redundant mm-hmm. when he's just not supposed to go into like the red area of mm-hmm. his torque. Like they already had a very effective way, <laughs> like a color coded, dial that shows how like hard he's pushing his body and it Mm -hmm. had a red section so basically it's like hey stop sprinting you know when you're sprinting you just know even if he doesn't physically know he already has an indicator that Mm -hmm. tells him he doesn't need a second one but i guess apparently he does uh a second and a third one because it's a a visual and audio cue. Yes. On yes. top of another visual cue, on top of him knowing what he's doing. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, the uh, horn fart is Mayday is getting upgraded, and he's like, oh, listen to my new siren. And then he proceeds to make like weird, almost pseudo fart noises for a bit. And they're like, yeah, I haven't installed the siren yet. So he has no idea. Like, he can't feel it, I guess. So that's... There are just so many things where it's like, yeah, I added or removed this part to you, and you didn't feel it, and you don't know how to use it. Like, even the wheels on the pontoons. He's like, you gotta pop the wheels. He didn't know he had wheels now? Yeah, I don't know. I do want to sort of circle the bit about Mayday there and come back to it in a section I'm tentatively titling in my head. Mayday is not good at his job, and the safety inspectors were absolutely right. But we'll come back to that. I too felt that very strongly. <laughs> yeah, just one last point about the skid marks. Not only does it seem very, very painful way to just put a D on somebody, it's very, very impermanent too. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. It, it's impermanent in the same way, like signing someone's arm with a Sharpie is. And I guess that's not too, too different, but I don't know. The pain factor makes it seem worse that it's not permanent. Yeah. Let's go to next. Uh, I note Aston Martin. Yeah. They, they did a fun little joke where they said, I don't know, kick you, kick your Aston Martin or something like that. Pain in the mm-hmm. Aston Martin. Pain in the Aston Martin. It's, it's fine. So, sure, Aston Martin. That's a funny little reference. Only if you know what an ass is. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Both, you would need to know what a butt is, a butt ass, and know, like, a donkey ass as well, I guess. And neither of those are a thing. As far as we know. Maybe this is evidence that they are, though. Which one, though? Are asses or are asses? Well, if donkeys are real, they would have asses. So if one is real... And we do know bears are real, and bears have asses. (laughs) Okay, now we're getting somewhere. But here's Uh, the thing. When we think of ass in the butt sense, we think of human ass. Or maybe ape ass. And that is because we have, like, obnoxiously large posteriors because of the way we're biologically designed to walk and run. Yes. Now, a lot of other creatures, like bears, like uh, donkey, not going to have that same ass. And, you know, that's a real shame, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess that's the joke I'm going with. Yeah, I, th- I would say my actual theory about it is that for some reason Aston Martin like what that's like that's a car manufacturer right like a luxury car I believe so I imagine they have just a similar relationship or like perception of donkeys I guess is how I would explain it so ass never became a curse word it was just always Aston Martin okay so it was just always pain in the Aston Martin. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't roll off the tongue very because well. Because Aston like, Martins, those guys are just real jerks. Aston Martin hole, uh, Jack Aston Martin, smart Aston Martin. It doesn't work very well, but that's not really my problem. Big Aston Martin fans. Yeah, that's a company. <laughs> Where are all my Lexington fans at? Uh... Okay, my next one. I have terrible news, John. Soccer exists. You weren't kidding. No, did terrible, you? Did, terrible news. Yeah, did you notice it? It was just on one of the TVs in honkers in the background. I didn't notice it, probably because I was too focused or fixated on uh, the toxic masculinity of them being jerks about a guy getting a fruity drink. Yeah, they they just they they sort of front load that one with a lot of weird car puns and jokes. That little mm-hmm. scene in the honkers, which is, if you don't remember, makes sense that you don't. Uh, it's Hooters, but for cars. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> that also exists, but we've covered that, so we're gonna focus on soccer, I guess. Yeah, and the scene where they're in a bar, which on its own is wild that they're in a bar. Uh, on a TV in the background are a bunch of cars playing soccer. And 
it's only on for a few seconds that I noticed, so I couldn't tell you a lot of details about it. Uh, but yeah, it's it doesn't even look that different. There's, it looks now, can like we be absolutely sure it wasn't instead an esport known as Rocket League. I guess we can't. Well, let me see when Rocket League came. No, it was definitely out by that point. Yeah, because uh, it was out while we were in college. Uh, but I guess we can't be sure, but it's sure there were no like cool boosts and flips that I've never been able to do in Rocket League. Uh, it was just, they were, it was very boring. Like I already think if you like soccer, great, but I already think soccer looks pretty boring, but cars, they don't even kick it. They just run into the ball and they were all very bad at it. It seemed and the ball, it it had to have been bigger than a normal ball, but it seemed smaller proportionately compared to the cars. Like okay, so it wasn't a Rocket League sized ball. No, it was not. It, it was a very small ball, and it just seemed like it would be very hard to do anything. <laughs> Soccer e like I don't know how you would control where the ball goes very well if you're driving a car at it, but. Like, with a Rocket League-sized ball, that makes sense. You can aim at it, and it goes different ways. Again, I've never been able to control where the ball goes in Rocket League, but I've seen people who are very good and can do that. But if the ball's very small, I just don't get how that works, which may explain why it seemed very low speed and, like, they were being very careful, which was funny to me. <laughs> but, yeah, soccer exists. Sorry, everybody. Okay, uh, I'm going to take it just a little bit back. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about it. I'm positive. For sure. He's out of production, yeah. his gearbox. They just decided that he's no longer allowed to continue living as soon as he breaks. Yeah, it's the same problem with the lemons, ain't it? Yeah, it's just the idea that in this world, they just stop making parts that make you go. And they made it weirdly clear in this one that your mechanical bits are a part of keeping you alive. Because on multiple occasions, uh, people were rushed into emergency surgery and the only things listed were like their mechanical bits needing to be fixed. And it was clear that they were risking dying without those mechanical bits. Yeah, I mean, this... I remember this blew our minds the first time we watched Planes, Fire, and Rescue, but it shows us inside Dusty. Yep. Like, we, when he has his first mechanical failure, we do a little inside tour of his engine. Uh, and I would say that one scene is our biggest hit against Squishy Bet Theory, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I still believe in it wholeheartedly, but... Uh, the anti-squishy bit folks out there. I'm they're sure that's really going to take that and they're going to run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm and saying. And also we saw inside of Blade. We did, yeah. He opens up his door and you can see all the way through it. Mm -hmm. uh, not to mention Wind Lifter well, without his, you know, whole tank is just a shell of a helicopter. All right. So we've seen inside people and it's just deeply upsetting to consider the fact that you just are out of production at some point and that's just them deciding that you're going to die. It's like anyone who advocates for 
we shouldn't research prolonging life. We shouldn't uh, research reversing or ending aging because it's natural to die. And like, what are you talking about? We could just stop aging. And then if we did that, people would still die of things like accidents and whatnot. But we would stop, you know, progressively degenerating. And that would be pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Just it's hard to reconcile with uh, just the production of parts, period. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I, I don't I don't have a good way of explaining it in universe other than saying, yeah, it's pretty dystopian. I guess the cars versus just pretty dystopian. Yeah. Yep. 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 And everyone just accepts it. They sure do. Are we ready for the section I tentatively titled Mayday is bad at his job and the safety inspectors were right to shut down the airport? Before we do that, let's just talk about how uh, Dusty gets frustrated and then this professional flyer proceeds to distracted flying incident crash into a bunch of things and never receives any sort of reprimand. Yeah. He should be arrested for causing... I have to assume at least tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage. He does blow up part of an airport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he admits to having been responsible to higher authorities and nothing comes of it except for he's made a firefighter (laughs) and even worse, continuing that theme throughout the movie near like by the end, you find out, okay, so he goes through his training, uh, basically hides the fact that he's got a health issue that will prevent him from doing his duty that is shown several times to prevent him from being able to do his duty. He disobeys orders many, many times during training. And the one order that he follows is an order that he issues himself and begs someone else to let him complete. And then because of his health issue, he crashes and then is made better than new. And after all that defiance and not listening to orders and not doing things the right way, they just certify him anyway. Yeah. Not only does he issue the order at the end of the movie and cajole, cajole someone into letting him do it, the dangerous stunt he wants to do, that does end up saving lives, I guess. Uh, only because someone comes back from the edge of death to help save them. That's very true. He does the person he cajoles into letting him do it is a temporary uh replacement leader of the group like he takes advantage of the fact that this is not their normal position <laughs> i don't know dusty sucks man uh <laughs> but you know there else? are no good people in this movie <laughs> yeah if you want to argue that uh, Blade is, sure, until you realize that, oh yeah, he let someone be certified, despite the fact that they clearly disobeyed pretty much every order ever given by him, and he had to save his life multiple times because of said disobeying of rules. I like the smoke jumpers. They're yeah, cool. but also they're borderline psychotic. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're bad people. They're just crazy about safety and adrenaline. Uh, it's the safety part I'm going to have to disagree with you. They use their adre- uh, obsession with adrenaline 
to save lives. How about that? That is true. Okay. Uh, Mayday can't do his job. It sucks because he's an old man, but he's very bad at being a firefighter. Yeah, they just refuse to acknowledge that at a certain point, you should no longer do a certain job. And uh, I would argue the whole movie rejects that idea. Yeah. Everyone refuses to acknowledge that there are things that prevent you from performing certain duties. And even if you've done something your entire life, at a certain point, you should stop doing it. And I would argue that that point is well past the point where we have regulations where you need to receive routine check-ins and assessments, and you just don't do that. Yeah, like... The big mean jerk comes in and he's like, hey, have, uh, can you give me your records on all of the reports that you have to have done and all of the assessments you need? And he just kind of stutters through the, I, um, I, well, I, I didn't exactly have time. Then you're not suited for this job anymore. Yeah, like bureauc- bureaucracy and like whatnot can suck, but for like life-saving organizations that have to run like clockwork, like a firehouse. And it's treated like a bad thing that they need to find another person and hire another person. And instead of doing the right thing and hiring another person, Dusty's just going to do it. The guy who, through his irresponsibility, caused the incident. And also now has a heart condition that will prevent him from physical exertion to a certain point. All of this is bad. Yeah. And say what you will, uh, you can't just put new equipment on an older gentleman and that solve everything. If he is a firefighter and his body is no longer capable and his mind is no longer capable of performing his duties to the standard it needs to do it, Giving him a better hose will help, but not solve the issue. Especially when, like, sure, the equipment also, your argument about how the equipment doesn't say, like, change everything is absolutely right. But also giving him a second firefighter doesn't solve anything when he also is going to continue being a, like, world-renowned racing plane who's Mm -hmm. gone all the time (laughs) he said as long as the new boss will give me a day off and the man's response is anytime that's not how that's supposed to work you're the fire crew for an airport (laughs) that's so important also if there's a fire on the runway and dusty's on the ground how does he get in the air to fight the fire uh Excellent question. He'll do what he did in the movie yeah. and just fly illegally. Yeah. He took off from a road illegally. At that point, why not just illegally take off from the runway? Because that would be illegal. <laughs> and he has to hide his illegal activities. Anyway, on a lighter note, uh, Mayday and Sarge know each other, apparently. Uh, Sarge is in a picture on Mayday's wall. I don't know what that tells us. Might just be another World War II era Jeep, but 
I imagine it was put intentionally there to be Sarge, you know? Yeah. Uh, instead of broaching that subject, I want to talk about okay. art. Yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> All right. So there are two forms of artistic expression in this film, at least, that just have me wondering. Well, three obvious ones. Uh, one, I think the first one that I got just struck by uh she just finished making her corn cup costume she did that herself i mean you know i'm obsessed with kate the corn cob girl man i've kate got the corn cob girl made the dang suit herself i've got her here right now i'm looking at her costume you can even see the zipper in it how'd well, she put that zipper in there <laughs> Lucas, how would you describe something that a non-professional were to make uh, with limited tools and uh, something like homemade? Another term for that. Amateur? I don't know how to get you there easily. Yeah. Uh, I would describe it typically as like a handmade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Now we see several examples of things being done in a way that try to explain away oh they don't need hands he signs with his tire he puts presses the button on the microphone with his tire the parachutes have a ripcord that's just built into the plane so when they move backwards it's pulled out sure sure how does she stitch this costume and like even if it's machine stitched you need hands to use the machine. Yeah, machine's not doing everything for you. Trust me, I took a costume construction class in college, and I was very bad at it. Uh, and, like, something as big as a costume for a plane. Mm-hmm. And something as specifically shaped and sized. It's just... And something that looks that good... Yeah, she did a phenomenal job. She's a cosplayer, you know? Mm-hmm. Which brings me to... I'm just going to throw this out there. There's an ice sculpture. Yes. Sure. And also, good old uh, Tug, he he did all the drawings himself. Didn't catch that, yeah. At, at least... I did the drawings myself. Well, Chug has, like, a, like, gas filling pump thing Mm -hmm. that's basically an arm he is the gas truck that has the closest thing to an arm besides maybe mater's hook it's almost a finger and of course besides the forklifts that are everywhere but yeah his is even more seems even more maneuverable than the forklifts which are Mm -hmm. our usual explanation so i could see chug that one sure like, I would love to have seen the deleted scene of him drawing those things, because, I don't Absolutely. know, would have been great. Uh, how does he pick up the markers? He just puts them, he just, he flips a switch that uh, turns it from spit out gas to suck up, uh, <laughs> and he just sucks it up right into the tube. Uh, yep. And it's the perfect size that it gets lodged in there. Uh, it, ha- it has, like, a little... Uh, thing that causes it to stop right where it goes and when he's done he just turns the suction off or hell maybe he just blows some gas out 
<laughs> and it gets right out of there. Okay, okay, okay. I don't. Ha- we don't have enough time to talk about all of these things. I'm yeah. just going to throw this out there. Uh, Chuck also clearly has a uh, substance problem because he should not be drinking plain fuel. No. But he takes a sip every morning just to get him going. Yeah, and he frames it as like to protect you, Dusty. But I don't know. I don't know what that would do. <laughs> not good things. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how that protects Dusty either. I don't think you would notice. Well, if, it, if it kills him, yeah, then it won't kill Dusty. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. He's appointed him his uh his taste tester. Yeah. Let's see. We talked about taking off on the highway real quick. Speaking of the ice sculpture of the Fusil Lodge, again, a pretty solid joke. I think we mm-hmm. mentioned it last time. I'll appreciate it. Uh, in the evacuation scene, a car has it strapped to their the top of their car uh, themselves. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't decide if it was funnier to me if... Okay, we're skipping ahead in the movie. We'll come back. This is in, we're in the big forest fire. You get it. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. evacuating. I couldn't decide if it was funnier to me if the car thought, oh no, this beautiful ice sculpture, I have to save it. Or, ah, there's a fire out there. I know what will protect me if I strap a giant ice sculpture to the top of myself. This will, I don't know, melt and put out the fire around me. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it worked for the sprinkler system and the fuselage. Yeah, so... I don't know. What what do you think that car was doing? You think he was rescuing it or he was using it to rescue himself? I think it could easily go either way. Yeah. I choose to believe it was, I don't want to get too hot. Yeah, I think it works. And if that was their intentional joke, I'll say maybe one of my favorite jokes in the Cars series. It's just very unfortunate we have to uh, preface it with that. Because yeah. Yeah. that makes it so much less impactful. And I think there's a solid chance it was intentional. I'll give them that credit as well. The fact mm-hmm. that I can't say for sure does detract from it, though. You're absolutely right. Hey, John, you know yeah. how this is a movie for children? Mm-hmm. Why'd they do a Chips parody? An extended one. A parody um, of the show Chips that is even before my time. For the same reason... They did a best little whorehouse in Texas joke. And for the same reason, they did a Howard the Duck joke, I guess, too, now that we're at it. Um, Because they want to include jokes for parents, but they don't have the decency to uh, make them subtle. And they don't have the decency to make the rest of the movie, like, easy to tolerate. At least... Boat Reynolds and Howard the Truck were, like, short, you know? Chops is extended. There's an extended sequence where they do a parody of the show Chips. In this. Well, they do, of course, have to explain that everyone had a second job, and the two cool people were, of course, famous, and I guess hot. <laughs> the show was on... In 1977, 
from yeah, 1977 to 1983. He was worthy of respect because sure. that's how people in Hollywood and the industry view things. Uh, they are the ones that are most worthy of being the main characters. Mm. So anyone who's a hero must clearly have been an actor or in the industry at some point. I guess. I guess. Really quick, I'll let you get to your next note uh, after this. But while we're on the Chips parody, during Chops, was that just me and Tia? Or were they just two other red car twins it was just two other red car twins okay we're certain about that i'm not certain that they weren't voiced by the same actresses (laughs) great but i'm nearly positive they were just a haha you know like mia and tia i guess this universe and the creators of it when they're like we need like a sexy car what sexy red small twins and they're like we got it twins we got it baby these guys these children are gonna these children are gonna understand these are sexy cars because Uh, if there's one thing that kids think of as sexy it's stop why are you thinking this (laughs) cool cool i just wanted to make sure that i because i i didn't I sort of zoned out during chops. I'll be level with you. And then at the end, there were two red cars who were twins. And I thought, is that? And then the scene ended. And God knows I wasn't going to rewind it. Uh, So I just wanted to check. But you go ahead with your next note. I distinctly remember uh, seeing it and thinking, why are they so much like Mia and Tia? Great. Okay. At least least we're on the same page. All right. So uh, two things. Both of these are about a character whose name I refuse to remember. Great. Uh, she is, of course, the character who is clearly a stalker. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I remember her name. It's Dipper. Yeah. Uh, so Chipper, uh, she, in the first, first time you see her, is, of course, tanning. She is a car yep. that is tanning. She sure is. You're right. I have that written down as well. I don't know, man. She was. Well, once she, unfortunately, she is a plane that is tanning. That's what's wrong about the statement you said, and not the fact that she was tanning and is a vehicle. All right. So the second thing that was incorrect about it is she wasn't tanning. She was doing what people do when they are tanning. Uh, Flipper, of course, is a plane. And was attempting to, I guess, tan. But there's no, like, change to the coloration because it's paint. If anything, that would wash out the paint, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. if you leave a painted thing out in the sun for a long time, it gets diluted. So what... What is that? Are we supposed to, like... Okay, so a lot of times in film, that will used to be like a showing off of the woman yeah is that what this is supposed to be i guess i just couldn't decide how they wanted us to feel about dipper i know because (laughs) it didn't make sense because they they equal parts make her flirtatious and fun and also super creepy yeah let me tell you i was not confused about how i felt about dipper i hated dipper (laughs) 
she sucks so much. Uh, but the show seemed to be like, ooh, she's a little quirky, but she likes our main character. And I was like, no, she's awful to him. She does a little bit of hero worship. And then as soon as she feels like she has any am- am- amount of power over him, she starts getting very unhealthy very fast. She wants to watch him sleep. Uh, she isn't comfortable with him deciding to take other people that are her friends. Uh, she dismisses him when she assumes he's trying to argue with her. It's so uncomfortable, so fast. Yeah, I think the best example of it, and this is skipping ahead a lot in the movie as well, is they do. Dusty has a horrific crash at the end of the movie. Maru spends five full days repairing him. Uh, and, and and good old Skipper never leaves. Which, if it were a healthy, actual relationship, is sweet. Yeah, and like, even, even when I was watching it, I was like, okay, she's still creepy, but like, at least it was a kind gesture. Like... Uh, like clearly the movie wants me to think what a good thing Dipper did when Blade or whoever was like, yeah, Dipper never left your side. And well, then, Lucas, yeah, you'd, and then... you'd think that was supposed to be sweet. You'd think that, but then the movie lets you know, nope, <laughs> we don't want you to think it's sweet. You, you want to tell them how, how that happened? Di- Blade says... Dipper never left your side for the five Aww. days you were out, and then Dipper immediately, quickly enters the frame from a place you didn't expect her to be, and says, "I liked watching you sleep," and then creepily exits the frame. They took that away immediately. Yeah, like they had the the short little sweet worrying montage of her looking concerned the entire time. And days going by, and then they she never left your side, and immediately they make it bad. Yeah, I don't know if it's just the creators are like aware they're making a kids movie, so they're like, ah, yeah, they'll they'll think like, ah, girls suck. <laughs> yeah, this is what girls are when they like boys. I I don't want any of that. But then why make her look so like? down-to-earth concerned about him in the scene why take care in the montage of days passing to show her looking worried in a like human way in a plain way but you get it in a not over the top way yeah and uh you'll you'll note several things about this character uh so so chipper when you first meet her she insists that he has to be aware of the fact that she's miss not misses okay that could be fun flirty it's upsetting to think that there's still the whole concept of uh misses and misters meaning uh belonging to the mister which is a terrible thing once you think about it yeah uh and then there's that okay and then she clearly is constantly pushing towards a relationship that he either isn't aware of or doesn't want. And she puts her arms around him and she, the first thing she does, she insults him and says, I thought you'd be taller, but that's okay. 
Is she negging him? I think she just straight up is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Dipper, I did not care. There are lots of characters I don't particularly care for in this in these movies. Dipper is close to the top of my list, man. Because if she's negging him, we know it's successful because he becomes more aware of his height. As soon as he has any amount of work done, he gets those pontoons added and then he gets the wheels out. And one of the first things he says is, oh, I'm tall. <laughs> He's still shorter than her. But yeah. Uh, yeah. In a world where like <laughs> vehicles are as vastly different as they are compared to like the size difference in humans, you'd think like height would just be, I don't know, if not not a concern, then at least a vastly different one. Like, it would be talked about in a vastly different way. But, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Joe. These are children's movies. Who would do a podcast about them? <laughs> Why does the movie drop Secretary of the Interior? Like, kids are gonna be like, ooh, the, the Secretary of the Interior's coming? Now ooh. that's a man with power. <laughs> yeah, that's a man I've heard of, a child. <laughs> oh, boy. And... Even even when the guy gets fired and then demoted and not arrested for the clear uh, risking of people's lives for his own glory, uh, the other man getting his job, they use that title and it's like, oh yeah, as if kids know that a ranger is a demotion in comparison. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt... It felt they had a weird amount of emphasis on the Secretary of Interior, a position I barely care about as an adult man. Uh, a position I'm sure I should care about, for but sure. do not. Yeah, I'm not saying it's an unimportant position. I'm saying it's not like it's not even like Secretary of State, you know, or or of mm -hmm. the Treasury or of Defense. It's not even Secretary of Agriculture. Like, at least I hear that and I understand what it is. Yeah. Like, I, I know what the Secretary of Interior is because, like, it was featured in a video I watched a few months ago. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I know what the Secretary of Interior is because of this movie. Because <laughs> you looked it up? Or because you got the gist of it from this movie? Uh, it's probably a combination of this and of uh, Parks and Rec. Mm. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. It just felt weird to me, much like something else that felt weird because it's a kids' movie that I mentioned earlier that I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, Chipper's whole character very unsettling. Don't care for it, John. I don't care for it a bit. Hey, all right, coconuts on his what? Give me some more context. I don't know that I caught this one. He even wore a grass skirt and coconuts on his... Oh, and then no. he gets cut off. So yeah. he's, he gets distracted when he's telling him about the possibility of getting a gearbox. And then he gets cut off from talking about what the, the coconuts were on. And we never find out. Okay. Yeah, you're right not to focus on grass skirt. Grass skirt could be on a car in a couple ways. I, it's kind of like that meme of the if a dog wore jeans would it wear it like this or this mm -hmm. doesn't matter one of those ways sure 
the coconuts on his. That's more troubling, John. Mm-hmm. Is it headlights? Because it shouldn't be. But also, shouldn't it be? Because they may, they may be sexual. Yeah. And it makes sense when you think of me and Tia doing the flashing. Yeah, and honkers. Like, the the neon of it is of a car with its lights coming on and off. And mm-hmm. like, I guess that's sexy, I guess. Oh, yeah. People driving behind me flashing their lights. You know, that gets me all riled up. True statement, it does. It just makes me very mad. Yeah, it's like, uh, just do it past me if you need to pass me. Don't be a dick about it. Uh, but Yeah, I guess if he's just like at a party, it's fine if he puts some coconuts on his headlights. But I hope he didn't drive there or back with those on. Especially yep. if the party was at night. Mm-hmm. Which is regarded as an extremely dangerous time to be traveling in this world. Especially in this movie. And uh, guess what? They just do it anyway. Yeah. And a part of that was Blade was out of service and he couldn't do anything. So the second in charge has to make the call. And who really influences that call? Good old Dusty. I don't want to do an extended talk about how Windlifter makes me uncomfortable because we did that in our first episode, but it's still true. Yep, uh, uh, agreed. Second <laughs> second official watch of this, Windlifter makes us both very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just very clear they did not actually talk to anyone who's Native American about it, but that's, like I said, don't want to talk about it this time. So instead... Uh, did you notice that Harvey, the RV, used to be a taco truck? I did not. I yeah. did note that uh, his wife gained quite a bit of weight, she noted. Huh. She well, said that was, uh, I don't even know, like that was 10 years ago and about 100 some odd pounds lighter. And I'm just thinking, how did you gain weight? Oof. You're a fixed shape and size well okay let's talk about those as as a tandem uh since those two are always uh uh, attached at the axle uh (laughs) maybe it's not a fixed thing if the rv used to be a taco truck as he mentioned okay but did she also used to be because she used to be a model for him when he was a salesman. Yeah, he was. He said he was a tire salesman and she was his floor model. Which and, had me so confused because for a second I was thinking, well, a floor model uh, is an actual thing, but it's a demonstration of the product. Like a floor model vehicle is a vehicle that you're trying to sell. But like you don't want to sell the floor model. You want to sell a car that is displayed that like the floor model is displaying the car. Yeah, but it makes sense for the cars verse that they would just combine the terms, you know, okay. to me at least. <laughs> to me at least, I don't know. I think my definition of what makes sense in relation to these movies has been mutated to a degree out that, of necessity. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's a self-defense mechanism almost <laughs> I'd say, but okay. Did he if he's a taco truck I know sometimes with these, we just read our notes and say, that was weird. 
and then sort of move on. But I do want to figure out how the RV used to be a taco truck. Did he I just... mean, same thing with Dusty Crop Hopper. They yeah. just converted it. Yeah, I guess. That seems extensive. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot. I would have to imagine. Yeah, I guess he just used to have a hole in the side of him. And, and the whole interior of him was for making talk. How does he sell it, and how does he make it, and how does he get it out? Yeah. Was there a little man inside of him? Could have I, been a fork truck, but still. I guess a forklift could fit inside him, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Just uh, why have there been two movies with taco trucks in them? As Cars 2 and Planes 2 have taco trucks. Stop it. There are plenty of examples of, in like at least extra media of ice cream trucks. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't like it. It's my food service step. trucks are just a thing, and we have to accept that, but we don't know how, so we need an episode on it. Yeah, honest to God, I'm kind of surprised we haven't done an episode on it. Uh, coming soon, probably. Uh, I mean, we're going to have to at some point. There, There's going to be an ice cream truck in Cars on the Road. Yeah, I don't know. I think I retweeted some of the images on the chat's Twitter, but there have been some official images leaked of Cars on the Road from like uh, accompanying books and toys and stuff on Amazon. And it does seem like the concept art wasn't like just wild to be wild. It seems like they're going to go meet a dinosaur and like, like it's, it's fully like computer animated, all that stuff in the concept art. I didn't see the Bigfoot thing, but all the other things I did see. So. I mean, you barely see the Bigfoot thing in the Bigfoot thing. That's true. You're absolutely right. But yeah, the dinosaur was there, which to me confirmed it's going to be wild if they just put a car dinosaur in it. If they just put a car dinosaur in it, this is not a Cars on the Road episode. It's a Planes Fired Rescue episode. While we're on the subject of Winnie and Harvey, the RVs who are in love and old, and honestly, genuinely a little bit cute. I'll give Planes Fire and Rescue the tiniest bit of a nod about that. Lucas, before you get to that, yeah, Bigfoot's in the background of the main image. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a He's good just place covered in moss that's a good place for bigfoot to be he likes to be in the background of images uh, like he's basically in the center all right i don't know what to tell you i missed it i missed it okay it's been a minute since i looked at it he's wearing camouflage it makes sense okay <laughs> but anyway winnie and harvey the rvs uh the note i have written down here is just winnie and harvey are sick with it uh which is in their little rescue sequence i sort of forgot how much of that they just kind of did themselves oh yeah they were action heroes who were just slightly assisted by the others yeah like blade and dusty were both necessary in their rescue when they are on a burning wooden bridge seemingly hundreds of feet in the air Mm -hmm. but most of it was just them ramping over and driving expertly on a collapsing wooden bridge yeah, it's important to note, it wasn't just a burning bridge. It was essentially a burning, exploding bridge. Yeah, some of the fire seems, in the, in the fire scenes, seems like it's doing a lot of exploding. Mm-hmm. Which, 
far be it from me to pretend I know how a fire forest fire looks like, you know, up close. But I don't know. I wouldn't imagine there's a lot of explosions, but I could yeah, be wrong. The, the fire was very, very mobile yeah. in this film. But again, who knows? Maybe that's how fire be. Who knows? Firefighters, probably. You Hopefully. got another note, Johnny? I've got uh, several. Do it. Uh, one, yeah. uh, there was a creature who had antlers that were, of course, a bunch of uh, headlights. If that's a sexual thing, that is a grotesque abomination with a bunch of balls on its face. I mean, they are at least signifiers of sex in the mm-hmm. animal kingdom. So I don't know. It sort of still holds, but it's upsetting either way. Uh, Doopy says, yeah, they're real. Her fuel tanks at the end of her wings. Is that what Dipper says? Yeah, they're real about a part of her wings at part of her so- wings, whatever yeah. they are. Part of her wings, they like drop and hug him clearly, like without him necessarily wanting it. That sucks. And then she says, yeah, they're real. Every part of her is manufactured. 100 pieces of her are manufactured. What would be defined as not real? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Because, like, even his crop duster, we can just slap that thing back on. Yeah. Even if it's his original, at that point, it wouldn't be, right? Yeah, I guess maybe it is, like, it's her factory, like, it's what she came born with, maybe, like she hasn't replaced it, but even that's weird. I don't know. Yeah, super weird. So yeah, don't worry. Don't they're worry. real. And you know what? I'll say it. They're not real. You're an imaginary character. So mm-hmm. gotcha, idiot. And do you know what he sold? What he sold? Uh, no. Car wash curtain rings. Yeah. Wait. You don't need a curtain for a car wash. You don't, unless it's a shower. But... They don't wear clothes. What do they have to be modest about? The idea of being in a shower? Hmm. Seems you've just transcribed human proclivities onto the cars for no reason again. (laughs) Shouldn't do that. Yep. But they did. (laughs) They did. And not only did they do that, they defined a man's early career by it. That was before he was a taco truck, if you were wondering. Or after. I don't remember. (laughs) I have to imagine after, because she was a floor model for him, I believe, at that point, which makes no sense. No, she sold... That was when he was selling tires. Uh, uh, he that sold, was when he was selling tires? Okay, so I didn't catch that he sold tires. Yeah, he he, he did three things. Taco truck, uh, curtain rings, and tires. How much backstory does this one character need? Not that much, but I don't know. He's one of my favorites in the movie, so I guess that much. (laughs) Yeah, and I will be honest, I did care about his life being in peril. Yeah, so there you go, John. (laughs) How dare you question Disney Toon Studios? (laughs) All right, my last note is just verification, which I'm pretty sure was supposed to be certification and get autocorrected. But how does he get certified? He's a horrible firefighter. He straight up breaks all the rules. He's such a bad firefighter. He's such a good firefighter, despite doing everything wrong. He just does everything wrong until he gets the job and yeah. saves some lives. That's my thing. He, accidentally doesn't die. 
he does a good job once. <laughs> that, that's it. And they're like, ah, you get it, man. And like, but does he though? Yeah, he doesn't even really. He pushes himself past a point of exhaustion, which he shouldn't because of his condition. He's got a heart condition, and instead of learning to live with it or learning to adjust and solve solve problems in a creative way that's different from how he's been doing it, he just does the same thing and should die from it, but doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we talk so much about how much we dislike the character of Dusty Cropopper, but this movie does a lot to make us dislike him more, I think. Yeah, he... uh. He really does not want you to like him, I guess. Except if he wants you to like him, you will. Yep. It's very upsetting. He gets uh, everything he wants. Yeah. He just disobeys every rule that he doesn't want to listen to. Uh, does things that should get him killed. And then, like, again, I said this comparison earlier. They they make him Jesus for no reason. Yeah. And both movies <laughs> yeah he does get resurrected pretty much in both of them he does sacrifice himself or be killed unjustly he gets killed unjustly in the first one sacrifices himself in the second one and he dies and then comes back and then is somehow better he's better than new man he's better than new okay i got one last note and then i think quick general thoughts about the movie and then wrap this sucker up. My last note is they must engineer these credit songs in a lab to be the worst songs I've ever heard. My runway romance gate number three. And the one before it isn't great either. That's like, I didn't even, uh, I don't know, the fire one. The Cars 2 one kills me. <laughs> Again, I need you to remember that we had to hear these so many times. No, I know, man. I'm glad I, I, I think, I don't think I was working there for planes, fire and rescue. So I think I dodged that one, but I think you might've been. No, I, I, was, was, I was, I was. Yeah. I think it was pretty much the, around the same time. I wasn't there for turbo. People constantly talked about how bad turbo was, uh, but I was there for planes, fire and rescue. And I, man, ugh, ugh. <laughs> That snail is fast. We gotta watch Turbo one these days. Yeah, uh, that's we've talked about how that's clearly gonna be like entwined with this film because there's a squishy bit and it go fast. And it's even got a hard shell. Yeah, I mm-hmm. literally own the movie on DVD because we said it so much. We just haven't done it yet. So look forward to that, probably. Okay, general thoughts on the movie. It's it's a very mediocre kids movie with. All of the trappings of, hey, we want to do some hero worship, and we didn't have too much time to worry about writing it smartly. Yeah. Like, we have talked so much, especially, I I think it bothers me even a little bit more than it bothers you, about how they could have done something like that was genuinely cool and different about having Dusty deal with a disability or a chronic disease or a condition that could have been so, so, so interesting about having to find find out how to live your life again. Lucas, what Fe- kind of liberal nonsense are you spreading? All you have to do is work hard and everything will work out. Yeah, I, I have made my feelings about that absolutely, absolutely clear. So this time, 
just to do something different, I will say a few things that I like about it. I will say something I think we don't talk enough about because it's sort of weird to think about this being important to these films is like, these are kind of actiony films, you know, Mm -hmm. they have lots of like sequences of action and racing and whatnot. And I will say some of the firefighting scenes are like genuinely pretty decent little action scenes. Like, Mm -hmm they fly through a giant plume of smoke at some point. And like, that was a pretty gripping scene. Yeah. Like they do some cool stuff with the audio and the visuals. That's like genuinely, like I think it's because the action scenes are genuinely pretty good is why it catapults above planes so much for me. Cause like I, I was so, so, so I don't care if they were well shot or whatever in planes, the world around the world plane race just made no sense to me. So the action scenes in planes, I did not like because they were tied to the nonsensical race around the world. The planes were doing, but in this one, they're actually kind of cool. And yeah, I don't know for a kids movie. those they were really well done. Mm-hmm. I like I've praised it before. I think the animation on this one was excellent. Yeah. Like this came out a year after planes. And I actually agree. I think I, disagreed the first time or couldn't tell but i actually agree with you this time i could tell a genuine like bump up in the animation quality Mm -hmm. uh i think that some of the people who worked on this film were trying to do a good job yeah yeah and i think that some of them just maybe they didn't have the time i don't know what it was they just didn't care as much as the other people working on it yeah it's got some clear like oh well that's some weird stereotyping and uh oh this character just has one trait so that they'll be memorable like oh look this uh crazy space jumper he just he he shouts every line yeah that's his thing i don't want to die he he shouts that (laughs) he sure does i don't know i think that's the best way to sort of put how i feel about this movie is like scene to scene, just if you take out all the dialogue, even just the scenes are good, fine, but the characters suck. And a lot of the plot is especially having to do specifically with Dusty and the arc they take him on, both instantly curing his condition and saying, ah, you're the best firefighter we've ever seen. You did one thing kind of good. That just uh, just drags it down so much for me. I, I I am confident saying Cars Two is above this for me. I John, I don't know if I've told you this. Cars Two might be above Cars Three for me. Lucas, what's happening? I don't know, man. At least Cars Two is kind of fun to watch. Cars Three gets so bogged down, but that's a discussion for a different day. <laughs> See, I feel like with all of this, saying that Cars Two is more enjoyable is something I might be able to agree with, but. I'm still going to say it's a worse movie. That's fun. Cause I... like it, it sure it's depending on what you're watching the movie for it. Like there's so many arguments to be made about quality of movie, but generally I would say in the ways that I care about movie quality, I would say cars three is a pretty decent movie. Cars two is just a very bad movie. But yeah. It's a I... very good 
like babies watching it movie because oh look fun crazy stuff's happening all the time just don't think about it yeah i think that i think that might be the distinction for me i think cars 3 is a better movie i think i like cars 2 more it's just That's more fair. fun to watch than cars 3 yeah I, I can get that anyway this has been a podcast not about either of those movies Anyway, that's the end of the show. We didn't like the movie again. Sorry. Uh, also, sorry, because I just, I know it must be wild to listen to these having not watched the movie right before and have us be like, okay, who's the smoke jumpers? What? The, I don't know. And I'm Maybe. really helping by intentionally saying a name or two wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but oh, we appreciate you listening to it. Maybe watch the movie or don't. It's a bad movie. What was I going to say? Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And we're happy we finally actually did our episode on Planes, Fire, and Rescue, even though in other ways we're very much not happy about that. Uh, if you want to send us ideas of what to talk about, you can do so at the Kachat on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us and DM us there, or you can email us at uh, thekachat at gmail.com. Both of those are all one word, no hyphen in there, even though it is in the name of our podcast. Now John's going to say his stuff, and Bella's barking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember to like, comment, subscribe. Tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky, quirky, strange little podcast. And until next time, Remember to fly like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer.